We're in chapter 19 of Genesis this morning. We'll be looking at verses 1 through 29. But chapter 18, we have God declaring to Abraham that he is about to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. Sodom and Gomorrah, they're infamous for their moral decay, known for their sexual perverted lifestyle, and now they find themselves about to be judged by God. Abraham, he intercedes on behalf of Sodom and Gomorrah, and we have here a righteous man interceding for a sinful people. That should encourage us. Sometimes I think America is becoming more and more sinful. But God uh, hears Abraham's cry. He hears his intercession. And Abraham negotiates all the way down. If there's ten righteous people in Sodom, God's not going to destroy it. And that's the focus of chapter 18. And then in chapter 19, that focus changes from Abraham to interceding from Sodom and Gomorrah. And it changes over to Lot, the gate-sitter, <laughs> that's what I call, who is Abraham's nephew. Lot is a civic leader of Sodom, and he's now made his home in Sodom. And when we read of Lot in the New Testament, Peter gives us some insight into Lot. Uh, insight that I have to admit I would never have seen having just read Genesis. But Peter claims Lot as a righteous man. And the only way I can figure that out is the New Testament, of course, is based upon the grace of Jesus Christ. And so let's read Peter's account. You can turn there if you'd like, Second Peter 2, 6 through 8. But Peter has some words to say about Lot, starting in verse 6. And turning the cities of Sodom more into ashes, condemned them to destruction, making them an example to those who afterwards would live ungodly, and delivered righteous Lot who was oppressed by the filthy conduct of the wicked. For that righteous man dwelling among them tormented his righteous soul from day to day by seeing and hearing their lawless deeds. Lot lives in Sodom, but he's also oppressed by it. You know, the city gets to him. But Lot becomes an example for me anyway, why we cannot judge another person's heart. I would never have seen, were it not for Peter's, that Lot was righteous. I see nothing in Lot that points towards righteousness. Yet Peter tells us, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, that Lot was righteous. And that he was oppressed. The day-to-day -day life of Sodom got to him with their filthy conduct of the people of Sodom that 
Lot will later call his brethren. And Lot lived a day-to-day torment by the behavior of the lawless, sinful people of Sodom. And for reasons that I do not know of, Lot continues to call Sodom home. And it appears that Lot's wife was not a good influence on him either. Lot's wife apparently loved the city, loved the convenience of the city life in Sodom. And we can understand that to a degree. Now, Lori and I, we live out in the country. We live up in beautiful Tennessee. Yes, beautiful. And we're asked all the time because we're out in the country, well, where do you go shopping? Where's the nearest grocery store or the nearest super Walmart? Have you ever heard of the great metropolis of Ardmore? Come on now. Ardmore? It's only 10 miles from our house, and they have a Piggly Wiggly there, okay? You can go the other direction, go over to Fayetteville. Fayetteville's 17, 18 miles away, and they have a super Walmart. So, hey, we got it all. And not only that, both Lori and I get into the Huntsville, Madison area probably almost every day anyway, so we can pick up what we need. But for those of you who find yourself drawn and pulled into Walmart, Lori and I would say to you, break free. (laughs) Come out of her, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Now, before I say something dumb, let's get into this morning's text. Genesis chapter 19, we'll look at verses 1 through 29. Now the two angels came to Sodom in the evening, and Lot was sitting at the gate of Sodom. And when Lot saw them, he rose to meet them, and he bowed himself with his face towards the ground. And he said, Here now, my lords, please turn in to your servant's house and spend the night and wash your feet. Then you may rise early and go on your way. And they said, No, but we will spend the night in the open square. But he, Lot, insisted strongly, so they turned into him and entered his house. Then he made them a feast, and he baked unleavened bread, and they ate. Now before they lay down, the men of the city, the men of Sodom, both old and young, all the people from every quarter surrounded the house. And they called to Lot and said, Where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us, that we may know them carnally. So Lot went out to them through the doorway, shut the door behind him, and said, Please, my brethren, do not do so wickedly. See now, I have two daughters who have not known a man. Please let me bring them out to you, and you may do to them as you wish. Only do nothing to these men, since this is the reason they have come under the shadow of my roof. And they said, Stand back. Then they said, This one came to stay here, and he keeps acting as a judge. Now we will deal worse with you than them. So they pressed hard against the man Lot and came near to break the door down. But the men reached out their hands and pulled Lot into the house with them and shut the door. And they struck the men who were at the doorway of the house with blindness, both small and great, so that they became weary trying to find the door. Then the men said to Lot, Have you anyone else here, son-in-law, your sons, your daughters, and whomever you have in the city, 
take them out of this place. For we will destroy this place because the outcry against them has grown great before the face of the Lord. And the Lord has sent us to destroy it. So Lot went out and spoke to his sons-in-law who were married to his daughters and said, Get up, get out of this place, for the Lord will destroy this city. But to his sons-in-law he seemed to be joking. And when the morning dawned, the angels urged Lot to hurry, saying, Arise, take your wife, your two daughters, who are here, lest you be consumed in the punishment of the city. And while he lingered, the men took hold of his hand, his wife's hand, and the hands of his two daughters, the Lord being merciful to him. And they brought him out and set him outside the city. So it came to pass, when they had brought them outside, that he said, Escape for your life, and do not look behind you, nor stay anywhere in the plain. Escape to the mountains, lest you be destroyed. Then Lot said to them, Please know, my Lord. Indeed, now your servant has found favor in your sight, and you have increased your mercy, which you have shown me by saving my life. But I cannot escape to the mountains, lest some evil overtake me and I die. See now, this city is near enough to flee to, and it is a little one. Please let me escape there. Is it not a little one? And my soul shall live. And he said to him, See, I have favored you concerning this thing also, in that I will not overthrow the city for which you have spoken. Hurry, escape there, for I cannot do anything until you arrive there. Therefore the name of the city was called Zor. The sun had been risen upon the earth when Lot entered Zor. Then the Lord rained fire and brimstone on Sodom and Gomorrah from the Lord out of the heavens. So he overthrew those cities in the plain, all the inhabitants of the cities, the, <clears throat> and what grew on the ground. But his wife looked back behind him, and she became a pillar of salt. And Abraham went early in the morning to the place where he had stood before the Lord. Then he took looked towards Sodom and Gomorrah, towards all the land of the plain. And he saw, and behold, a smoke of the land which, which went up like the smoke of a furnace. And it came to pass, when God destroyed the cities of the plain, that God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow when he overthrew the cities in which Lot had dwelt. And we have here the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. One of probably the most famous judgments coming down by the Lord upon any area or any city. Verse 1, we have Lot sitting in the gate of the city. When you sat in the gates of the city, you were privy to the political discussions of that day. And the many business deals were done in the city gate. And that's where Lot is sitting when these angels arrive. Lot rises to meet these two angels. And he meets them and greets them. But they have come with a mission. They're there to destroy the city. Lot persuades these two angels, come into my house, you know, uh, and he convinces them that to be his house guests. And this act of hospitality is perhaps the only good characteristic that I can see in Lot. 
I see no other good characteristics in him if, if you read Genesis. Lot, he's a good host. He prepares a feast for these angels. And they sit and they have a meal together. But before retiring for the night, before going to bed, the men of the city, and it says the old and the young, that indicates that the city's people were totally corrupt. The old were corrupt and the young were corrupt. And they surround Lot's house and they call out to Lot, bring out your house guest that we may know them carnally. When we examine that statement, the old and the young men of Sodom want to homosexually rape these two male angels. That's all they're saying. Lot tries to reason with them. He tries to reason with these perverted men of Sodom. But you know, any time you're reduced to rape, you're reduced to perversion. It's that simple. And this perverted crowd, they cannot be reasoned with. Lot cannot reason with them. And we have in verse 7 a peculiar thing that Lot says. He says, he calls them brethren. Wow. Brethren. Indicating that he is just like them. So I don't see that righteous Lot yet, but God sees the heart. And in verse 8, Lot is willing to give his two virgin daughters over to this mob, over to this perverted mob. Think about that. He's willing to give his two daughters over to this crowd. Now the social mores of that day, it... In, in the Middle East, in that area, you protected your guest, those in your home, at all costs. It was required of you. That was just what was required. But let me tell you, culture or no culture, Lot betrays his own two daughters. You can't get around that. How would any of you like ladies like to be the daughter of Lot? And hear your dad say, here, take my two daughters and have your way with them. As their father, Lot has totally betrayed his two daughters. He has vacated any trust or respect that they have for him whatsoever. He's offering them to be brutalized to be raped, perhaps even murdered by this mob. And we can only imagine how those two daughters felt when their dad offers them up. Totally unacceptable in our culture. We would never consider doing that. And we can only imagine how these girls felt. Now, I have read the commentaries for you, for you get the, that tell me how in that culture you protected your visitors, you know, it, regardless. But Lot betrays his own family. You can't get around that. And Lot has desired to be a civic leader 
of Sodom. He sits in the gates. He wants to be a judge. He wants to be a businessman. He calls the citizens of Sodom, he calls them brethren. But what if you're his daughter? What if you're part of his family? It goes beyond our understanding. Unfortunately, there are still many parts of the world, primarily in the Muslim world, where honor killings still take place, where they actually kill a member of the family that has disgraced them. And it doesn't always have to be disgrace. It can just be simply the claim that they were disgraced. Many parts of our world is still unsafe for women. We wish that wasn't true, but it is. And when someone criticizes Christianity, you have to understand that Christianity has brought civil behavior towards women throughout the world. Living in Sodom has had a very evil impact upon Lot. It has filled Lot's life and heart with compromise. Lot has compromised with the city of Sodom and his morals from the moment that he ever saw Lot, uh, Lot Sodom. <laughs> from the moment he ever gazed upon it, it has had its lure to him. Back when Abraham, you said, you choose which way to go, Lot, and I'll go the other way. What did Lot choose? He chose the well-watered plains of Sodom. And he left his uncle, the elder of the family, he left him the wilderness. Then we have Lot pitching his tent towards Sodom, drawn towards Sodom, towards the city. And he began to make camp as a shepherd near the convenience of the city of Sodom. And then we have Lot moving into Sodom. Lot is in Sodom when Abraham gets word that the five kings of the north have captured the people of Sodom and took them away, and Uncle Abraham must rescue nephew Lot and the people of Sodom. And this hasn't been that long before. And so we have a progressive compromising of Lot and in chapter 19, we find Lot, and he's sitting at the city gates. He is now a judge. He is now a civic leader of Sodom. And the progressive compromise of Lot is frightening. And it should be scary. It should be a warning to any believer not to compromise with sin. How do we compromise with sin? Well, there's many ways. Any Christian who takes pleasure or delight in the sins of others is compromising. 
one of the most blatant in-your-face commercials that I've ever seen concerning sin on TV was what goes on in Vegas stays in Vegas. Think of that. Or go to Las Vegas and sin, nobody will know the difference. That's what that commercial is saying. But you know, we don't have to go to Las Vegas to be caught up into sin or to delight ourselves in sin. Here we go. Here's where I fend. <laughs> Movies and TV morally depict programs that are offensive to Christians all the time. We see things on TV and in movies that we wouldn't even dare talk about with our children, but yet we'll allow them to sit and watch it on TV. Be careful what you allow to come into your home. Pastor Chuck Smith in Costa Mesa, I love Chuck, and I love him for his standard that he's held up through the years. If you want to be in leadership in Calvary Chapel in Costa Mesa, you cannot attend R-rated movies. He forbids it. If you go to R-rated movies, you do not want to serve in his church. And I take my hat off to Chuck on that one. Lot has allowed the charm the lure of sexual sin and other sins of Sodom to capture his heart. And they not only capture Lot's heart, they have captured the hearts of his family. Many Christians do not feel that they are sinning if they only watch or enjoy the sins that others commit. Not according to Jesus. Jesus said, I want you to be a separated people. Sanctification. Come out of them and be holy, he tells us. Don't be like the sinful world around you. Lot could not make that change. Back to the story of Lot. He's outside of his own front door. He's trying to pacify a mob that is intent on raping his house visitors. The angels reach out and they pull Lot inside of his own house. They, they rescue Lot from this mob. And then these two angels strike that mob strike that crowd with blindness and they can't even find the door and then the angels have something to say to Lot get your family and get them out of town for we're about to destroy this place now Lot he has daughters thus giving him sons-in-law and he goes to these sons-in-laws and his daughters, and he tries to warn them to flee the city that these angels are about to destroy, but to no avail. They simply think Lot is joking. That 
tells us Lot has lost all credibility within his own family. His own family doesn't believe him. He's wanting to be the leader, but he can't even lead his own family. Compromise has brought Lot to a place where his family will not even listen to him. You know, we have to be real. We have to practice what we preach. If you're going to preach against sin, you've got to live a life separated from sin. Years ago, I had a friend who would go out and he would begin to drink. And he would become intoxicated. And then he would begin to try to witness mostly to girls, how to become born again. And time and again, these ladies that he would try to witness to would say, you're such a hypocrite. Why do you talk about Jesus when you're, you know, half drunk and in this bar or whatever we're in? His words did not match his lifestyle And they would not listen to him. And Lot has found himself in that kind of position where no one, not even his family, not even his daughters or their husbands, will listen to him. And when your family won't listen to you, no one will listen to you. He has compromised away his opportunity of being a voice of reason in his own family. He's trying to issue a warning. This city is about to be destroyed. And it's a life and death warning. And his family, they think he's joking. I mean, how sad can it get? Lot's other two daughters... who he didn't offer up to be bait, who are married to his sons-in-law, they will perish in Sodom because Lot's words have no influence upon them. They have no reality to them. They cannot believe what Lot is telling them. Lot, the guy who sits in the city gates, wanting to be a judge, wanting to counsel other, has no influence upon his own family. You see, compromise has stolen away his reputation. It's sad when you cannot even convince your family of truths. And Lot wanting to be this person of influence finds himself as a person of no influence. But I'm glad of this. It does not change, Lot's life does not change the loving kindness of our Lord. The angels, the ones that are sent there to destroy Sodom, they take Lot by the hand as he lingers. They also take his two daughters and his wife by the hand and lead them out of the city, pulling them out of the way of destruction. 
this happens to be where Lot should be grateful that I'm not one of the angels. <laughs> I would have probably said something like to Lot, okay, I have tried to tell you. I have tried to convince you of the fact, of the truth, that Sodom will be destroyed. You don't want to leave? Perish. It's your own life. And I would probably want to say something like that. And I would probably call him rebellious and stubborn and all these other things. But even as Lot is being led out of the city, he makes a request to these two angels. Let me go to Zor. It's a small city, and I'll be safe there. You know, I can't help but think the angels are displeased with Lot also. I don't think they're real pleased with him. And they, I think they would allow Lot to be destroyed also, but that's just the way I think. But the angels have instructions from God himself. And that's in verse 22. For we cannot do anything until you have left and you arrive in Zor. The angels sent to destroy cannot destroy until Lot and his wife and daughters are safely out of the city. These angels must first rescue Lot before destruction comes. That, to me, is such mercy and restraint by our Lord that you have to simply say, that is amazing grace. God not willing to destroy a man that I can see nothing righteous about whatsoever. But the rescue of Lot, it's not over. Lot's wife looks back over her shoulder longingly. It wouldn't even mention it if she didn't look over her shoulder. They were told not to look back, but she looks back over her shoulder longingly for the city of Sodom. And the Lord's judgment comes upon her. All she has done is manifested her evil heart. That's all she's done. And she is destroyed for it. To me, this is a vivid, vivid picture of God destroying the wicked and preserving the righteous. Our God is completely capable of separating the sheep from the goats. He is completely capable of separating the wicked from the righteous. Lot's wife, she was out of the city. She is physically safe. But her heart is evil. She looks back, wants to be in Sodom, and she is destroyed. Her evil heart has demanded that God destroy her. And her evil heart brought that destruction. So the question becomes... What about my heart? What about your heart? What does our heart demand from God? 
Does it demand rescue or does it demand judgment? Christianity gets real simple. There is only one path to a right standing with God the Father, and that is through accepting and believing that Jesus shed his blood for my sins. That is the only acceptable way for righteous standing before God. So where do you stand this morning? Where are you? I leave that question with you. I would suggest you trust in the Lord Jesus with all your heart, life, and soul, and avoid the destruction of an evil heart. Let's pray. Father God, it's not for us to pick or choose the way of righteousness. You have given us the path of righteousness through your Son, Jesus. Thank you for that, Lord. You have provided a way of escape for us. And so, Lord, this morning, we would ask that you grant us forgiveness, that you would give us that believing heart, that we can truly trust and rely upon you totally and completely. We would not want any to perish, Lord. And it's not your desire that any should perish. So, Lord... Bring us into that position of belief, of belief in Jesus Christ, your Son, and his redemptive work of the cross. We ask you to do this, Lord. We ask you to grant us salvation. We pray and ask this in Jesus' name. Let me get you to stand, please.